0: Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. It's Ashley with Budgets Made Easy and the Money Mindset Podcast and today I am so excited to share the story of Tiffany Cantrell so she's gonna share her story about how she uh, started managing her finances after her divorce and so she was married for over 20 years with her husband for 24 years and she had to basically start all over with her finances and she shares how she was able to do that um, ways that she makes extra money uh, to help her reach her financial goals and you know some inspiration for you as well if you are struggling with getting started on your finances or maybe if you are going through a divorce or thinking about divorce and and you're not sure that you can do it on your own you know she shares what kind of has kept her going through the past couple years since the divorce and how she's been able to still maintain her financial goals, even when she didn't think that she could. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you that if you are ready to get started with your finances and you are ready to take that first step, be sure to grab the free Budget Starter Kit. It's a printable guide with a checklist and some uh, monthly reminders for what to put into your budget. It is free. Go to budgetsmadeeasy.com start. And here is my interview with Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hi,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Well, and I am so excited to share your story because on this podcast um, and on my website, Budgets Made Easy, I love sharing other people's stories about how they have overcome money challenges and paid off debt and all those kinds of things, because it helps inspire others. And so I know that your story today is really going to inspire others that are, have been in a situation just like yours to hopefully get on a better track and kind of, you know, start that journey.
1: Awesome. Yes, I hope so as well.
0: So before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty details, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background about yourself? I mean, it, you know, kind of like how your financial journey started.
1: Sure. So um, I, I really kind of started, I guess, when I was 16, I asked for my parents for my first credit card because. I had always been brought up that credit was really, really important mm-hmm. um, for a wide variety of reasons. And I didn't know a lot about it, but I just knew that I needed to start developing my own credit. So uh, they co-signed for me to get a credit card of $500 uh, with the maximum limit. And so I started to use that for you know, clothes when I was in high school and uh, used my money that I worked from my job to pay it off uh, each month and so on and so forth. Um, and then it was interesting, because I went off to college, and my parents did not pay for my education. Um, and so I couldn't work as much as I probably would have liked to pay for everything for college, because you, you know, you just can't pay for everything with mm-hmm. tuition, books and living. And so I ended up getting a lot of student loans, um, kind of got myself uh, into an interesting situation, because I was getting more student loans than I needed. And I was, um, I just needed, I guess more time to study than the average person. And so I found myself, you know, they those loan companies, they'll give you whatever you want pretty much mm-hmm. because you yeah. have to pay it back. So I spent uh, my years in college just basically kind of getting my way into student loan debt unnecessarily. and uh, when i when I graduated and I'd met my, soon soon to be husband at the time, he was like, what, (laughs) what kind of student loan debt do you have? And I was like, well, it's not that bad. Um, And so we spent a lot of time trying to double up on payments and get that taken care of. Um, Fortunately, I was able, because I was working full-time, I was able to pay for my master's degree uh, cash. So I didn't go into further debt for that. Yeah. So that was, that was really nice. Um, But it, you know, it was also from the help of having a significant other to, you know, help with all the other bills and stuff. I know it's really challenging when you're trying to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about that. And then my, my husband and I were very uh, conscientious with money. We, we didn't make a lot, you know, of money at first, and then years went by and we started to gradually make more as our careers developed. And um, he came from a very, very poor uh, family. And so he didn't never had anything as a child. And, Um, So we just worked really hard to be mindful with our money, not be in debt, pay our credit cards in full every month, uh, so on and so forth. And it was interesting because when um, we were married for 20 years. And so when I decided that I wanted to split from him, um, I think he was really concerned about how much I might take from what we had grown, you know what we had Mm -hmm. developed and savings and all and uh, that wasn't my intention at all but um, certainly was a concern of his and so he he, for a long time, while we were married, said, you know, I wasn't going to be able to make it on my own. I didn't make enough money. I wouldn't live the same lifestyle that I had become accustomed to living. And in my mind, I was just like, you know, that's not going to be a deterrent to what I think is going to bring me more happiness, not being married. Um, he was very controlling with our money. In fact, I became a yoga teacher and he did not want to pay for my training Um for yoga. And I just said, well, I'm going to do it anyway, put it on a credit card. And then once I started making money from yoga, paid that card off and kind of kept the yoga money for myself, which was also very empowering for me because I just never felt like through the marriage, I had any money for myself, even though we had plenty of savings and were mindful. Um, And so when we went to go to split, he was just like, you're never going to make it. And, you know, almost like I felt like sort of threatening um, me or, or um, would be the word just kind of convinced thinking, you know, let me think I had to stay in the marriage because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. So I, I left anyway, I took very minimal things. Um, and just sort of kind of started on my own, from scratch, like minimal furniture, et cetera. Um, and I had I got an apartment, obviously, at first, and I realized pretty quickly that my apartment was not helping me. Um, it was taking basically almost a whole paycheck, um, a month to pay the rent. So I decided pretty quickly to, once the divorce was final, to purchase a, a home. Um, and my intention with the home was to use it as sort of an income producing thing for me. So I knew I was going to sacrifice some, some privacy and I was actually okay with that, um, sort of as a means to an end. But I decided to Airbnb one of the rooms in my home. I had uh, two extra rooms. And so I, I really was very, I feel like, uh, you know how you put something out in the universe, and you're like, this is this is what I want. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself at the time, what do I need to make make my finances where I want them to be? So I said I want 850 a month from the Airbnb, and literally that's exactly what I got every single month. It was amazing. Um, the room was booked almost like a year straight. Wow,
0: uh, that's yeah,
1: awesome. Was, yeah, it was crazy. And so through that money, I used it to like um, fix the house up. So I'd purchased an inventory inventory home. So it was very, it had nothing. It was stark. It had like, you know, no crown molding, no backsplash, no lighting, no ceiling fans, no yeah, paint kind
0: of builder basic, basically. Yeah.
1: Products. So I gradually used that Airbnb money to like dress the house up, make it cute, uh, take my time so that I, again, I wasn't going into debt to do those things. Um, and so I just, I don't know, through that process, of backing up a little bit at work, I was really, really nervous. Like I had really bad anxiety when I was first splitting, like, how am I going to manage money? Because I had just not done it for 20 years. Um, you know, we had made money and my husband always managed it. And so I just didn't know anything about it. And I'm, I was a computer teacher at the time. And one of my uh, cohort teachers, she said, she was like, Tiff, why don't you just build a spreadsheet? And I was like, well, okay. So (laughs) I just wrote down in the spreadsheet, all of my bills, Um, I built a section called miscellaneous where anything that happens, you know how stuff is or anything I purchase kind of, that's not a standard bill would filter Mm -hmm. into the miscellaneous column and then pull off of the total. Um, I built a section that has like all my incoming money from my checks to my yoga money to my Airbnb money. Um, And I, the the nice thing about the spreadsheet was I, I programmed it in such a way that all I have to do is type in the number and the. I always know where I stand financially and I can see, and I have the spreadsheets from the very first month I had to pay my own bills all the way to now, which that was back in 2017. Um, So I have all of those spreadsheets and I can see over time, like, where do I waste money? Um, How can I do better? Um, How I spend more in certain areas and and, uh, those types of things. And it's really interesting to like, eyeball that I mean I if I spend like cash from my purse I'll put it in the spreadsheet as cash um and so that's pretty much what really I think has empowered me it's like just always knowing where I stand um not ever having to worry because it's already blueprinted on paper all I have to do is pull the file up um and so yeah so that's kind of in a nutshell
0: yeah and I I um you know i'm so glad that you mentioned that it empowered you like knowing the numbers because i feel like so many people that i speak to on a daily basis they're overwhelmed and they're scared to look at the numbers and so then it just snowballs into anxiety and putting it off and procrastination and then we just make it bigger and bigger ordeal in our mind you know but when you actually like just Face it and take that step to actually write it down either like you in the spreadsheet or on paper. It is empowering. So how did you, um, you know, with all, you know, maybe the doubts or him telling you, you can't do it. How did you like face that? And what did you tell yourself to just do it?
1: Well, I think I just sort of you know, there's those things in life where you just have no choice whether you you know want to or not. It's just something that has to be done. And so, when I knew I wanted to leave the marriage um, because I wasn't truly happy, um, I knew that I couldn't be afraid. And that's something I think that a lot of people struggle with mm-hmm. is you know, just being afraid of like, well, I could stay because I'm too scared to go out and do this because. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it it has the appearance of um, the fact that I'm not going to be successful, but I, I just had to kind of power through that and not let that stop me um, and just work on it uh, myself and, um, you know, just one step at a time and just know that I could do it like a constant, like reassurance to myself. Like you can do this, you've got this, put the tools in place to, to make things, as you said, like less stressful, more effortless. Um, easier, more mindful. And, and I agree, like I have lots of friends as I've talked finances with people and, you know, uh, lots and lots of friends who are just sort of this avoidant behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my good friends, I'm like, Hey, just show me your, just show me your spending. Just show me your bills. Just show me what you bring in. Let's see where you're at. And she just doesn't want to reveal the information. And thus she, I can't help her. I don't, you know, it's sort of to some degree people are embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Um, They're ashamed. Yes. Um, And again, it's sometimes you would think like for me, for me to see her, for example, living in this avoidant behavior, knowing that I know it's stressful for her. And again, like you said, it just compounds the situation. It stresses me out worse for her to not know where she stands and know that there is a fix. If she just opens herself up and I I teach a lot of yoga. So I always say, open yourself up to something new. Like you can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. You have to look at doing something different. And I think, you know, like anything else, like when I have a situation, I'll talk to a friend and they might see it in a different way. So same thing with finances, like open yourself up to conversations and, and, don't be afraid or scared or ashamed because it's all fixable and, and you have to learn, you know, what are you doing wrong and what tools can you put in place that are going to help you be in a position to do better. And some of that I think is just awareness, just aware of where do you waste money? Where could you spend less? Um, what things are needs and what things are have tos, um, you know, those types of things.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that everything is fixable because I feel like a lot of people uh, feel like no matter what they do, they can't fix it or that they're going to fail anyway. So why even bother trying? So I love that you said it, Every you know, that it's Fixable because you can. You just have to start, and you have to start by facing the numbers. So, um, I do have a quick question for you, if you don't mind, anyway. Um, sure. I'm curious um, how if you could go back in time. <laughs> you know, we always say hindsight's twenty twenty. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self when you're getting married, like your husband handled all the finances, is that anything that you would change? Like where you were, would be more involved with the finances? So
1: the way we did our money, I mean, I felt to some degree, I was involved in a way, um, we, I would go and I would go to the grocery store and I did a lot of errands because he worked a lot. And so I would write down on a piece of paper at the end of the week, like Friday or Saturday, you know, I would write down for him, here's what, here's what happened this week. Um, and I would write down what what paychecks I brought in and how much those were. So I kind of ran the checkbook side of oh, things. Oh, okay, gotcha. And I did the bill paying and all of that. Um, and he did the management of like how much are we putting in savings. Oh,
0: um, okay. And gotcha. so
1: we did we did to some degree have a partnership, but I just I was more like the secretary. You know, here's what's going on, and he was the more he was more the manipulator of of how things were working. Um, I will say it was funny because you know early on. I was like, we, I said like, we need a financial advisor once we got to a certain point. And he listened to that. Or I was like, we had a home that we had rented and we were handing month, you know, we were handing like a month's rent away to a realtor to rent the property. And I'm like, Hey, that's a waste of money. I should get my real estate license so I can manage the property and we don't have to pay someone else a month of the rent. And so it was kind of funny because I didn't realize until after I was uh, not around him that I was actually more of the brainchild when it came to certain ideas and outside of the box ways of thinking than I had been given credit for all those years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was sort of the, I guess, I don't know, the energy around it or the idea girl or the creative person in like, hey, we could do this. Hey, we could do that. Um, And I don't think that he gave me the proper credit for that, if that makes sense. But I think one of some of the things I would have done probably differently to answer your question better is I would have had more of a hand in like you know, how, how things work. And he would explain it to me in the way in which he did it, but I just didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the spreadsheet and having things written down in a visual way helped me. He was a numbers guy, so he could do numbers in his head. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas I couldn't follow. Um, so I think in a relationship, it's important for like, you know, each person to have their own autonomy when it comes to money, like sort of your own control over, certain things, you know, obviously when you're married or in a relationship, you'll put money in together. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important to have your own, your own money, um, whether it's savings or, you know, separate credit card or separate account, just so you have some ability to, um, I I don't know the word, I guess, just, you know, you have some role in your choices and Mm -hmm. how things work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious, what made you decide to or take the leap for an Airbnb? Because I can imagine, um, you know, especially for me, if if I were single, and a woman, I'd be nervous about running out of bedroom. So was there anything like any, (laughs) anything that kind of you had to overcome to do that? Or was it has everything been like smooth sailing and fine? Uh, So
1: for me, I'm very extroverted. So I think one of the things I really struggled with and had a lot of anxiety early on when I got divorced was not having anyone in the home. Like no one was coming in. No one was leaving except for me. um, And I just had a really hard time with that. Um, Like I just really did a lot of work on that. And so it was sort of a kind of double edged side where I knew I was going to bring John income in, but I also knew that whether an Airbnb person talked to me much or hung out in the common areas or anything there would someone be someone would be coming and going um and I wouldn't just be by myself all the time Mm -hmm. um I had rented Airbnbs for years and years and um so I was comfortable with the company itself another thing that I thought kind of helped me decide was um I didn't at the time want a standard roommate because with roommates, you can't control who they have in and out. It's their house too. With Airbnb, you have some sort of control of like, you know, you can be in this area, but only around these times. Um, you know, so there's a little bit of, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of control. Like they, you know, they can't, I have it where they can't invite other people over because um, I did have one girl that had like a party one evening and I was trying to go to sleep and she had like four people in the house and they were all talking and hanging out. And so after that person stayed, I was just like, you know, you can't have, you can't have other guests except with permission so that I have some control over that. And another thing it did for me too, is um, some of the people, like I literally hung out with, I was like, let's go to this, thing that they're having downtown or let's go to a polo match. And I would like, if they were game and wanted something to do and, you know, didn't have uh, much going on, I would invite them to participate in things that I was doing. So I met a lot of really cool people from really really great, like areas of the world and became actual friends and, and have kept in touch with many of them. So that was a great experience for me.
0: Oh, that's awesome. See, I'm an introvert, so I cannot even imagine imagine doing that or even like you know inviting them to go do stuff but i could see especially as an extrovert how you would need that interaction and um that's actually a really cool idea so now i have a different way of thinking about it whenever like to suggest other people to make um extra money with airbnb so do you have any other tips for um managing an airbnb because you gave us some great ones already um
1: yeah so there's just lots of ways to make money doing it. Um, you can refer other people as a host and you can make uh, pretty good money that way. So I've referred oh, a few other people. I yeah, you that. just give them a link and then tell them where to register. And then if they do it with that link, then you'll get a credit. Um, it's like, I don't know. I mean, you just have to kind of think. One of my friends did it uh, down in the Venice, Florida area. Um, He had a a property kind of like mine and he had an extra room and he was like, Tiff, I want to do this too. And um, his was to pay off some money that he had to from his lawyers in the divorce. And he, to get himself out of debt. And so he did it. And I just went down to his place and like, looked at the room and I was like, Hey, these are, these are things you need, um, to make someone feel more comfortable. Like you need a trash can in the room, like things you might not think about if you didn't oh, actually yeah. stay in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so just thinking about like, what would it, what would you need if you were to be, um, staying somewhere, um, and yeah, I mean, really, that's kind of just the best way to look at it. You've got to, you know, let them know how to get in and out of the house. I always keep mine in a lockbox. Um, I actually got locked out of an Airbnb one time that I was staying in and there was no extra key. And the girl that I was staying with had was out of town for the weekend. And it was like a big mess for me to try oh, to get back in the house. So I always leave an extra lockbox outside of the property so that if someone does accidentally lock themselves out or something, they, they can still get in the house if I'm like off doing my own thing. Um, those types of things would be probably things you wouldn't think about that might mm-hmm. be good tips or tricks.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, so are you still doing the Airbnb? I
1: am. I am still still doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, you do have different types of people that come in and um, some are very, uh, everybody's different. You know, that's one thing you have to realize. Everybody's different. And and so some have never stayed in an Airbnb before. And so that's, that's interesting um, because they don't really know how to live with someone else. Like they, they come from, you know, their own home and they're like, oh, Airbnb, it's, it's very reasonable to stay somewhere. Um, I mean, my rate is like 60 bucks a night roughly. Oh, so yeah. um, and, you know, but if you were to try to stay in a hotel right now in this area, you'd be spending well over $300 a night. So it's a great place. <laughs> it's a great way to travel. Uh, at a at a cheaper rate and you can get airbnbs that are shared spaces or you can get one that's a whole house um so there's lots of ways to look at it too
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i haven't stayed in one because we don't we just don't travel that much but i've looked at them uh for some trips and all the ones i've looked at um i believe were like to rent the whole house not just one room but um yeah i know some people that do just the one You know the one space or shared a space um so yeah yeah, i love that you brought that up and that that has helped you be successful with your finances and so it sounds like you didn't really have any debt or anything like moving out of the divorce um so you're just kind of um trying to get yourself um on track with managing the change in finances and staying on track that type of thing
1: Correct. Yes. I didn't have any because we, we didn't have any, but I did. I, my goal was to stay out of debt. And that was what I think was most concerning is like, how can I have like the same lifestyle and still be able to save money and stay out of debt? I just didn't see it as I was just very, very nervous that it wasn't possible for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of my other fears is just like, you know, some of it is, you know, sometimes people experience things from their parents and. Um, or friends or other family members or uh, where you're told a certain type of thing. And then it makes you sort of believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of people's work is. It's just not to believe what people tell you that is, that is not necessarily a good thing. Like people can always try to pull you down because they're not good at something doesn't mean that you can't be. Um, Absolutely. And so I think that's what happened for me is like, just constantly working on myself to say I can do this I'm creative I'm smart enough like just really um boosting my own energy and empowerment up um to and then once I, you know once I got going and I was like huh like look at me and I've even talked to my ex-husband and, you know we still talk time to time and he's like wait what are you doing and like <laughs> or like I refinanced my home because the interest rates were super low um and he was like Wait, what? The interest rates are that low, and I'm like, yeah, go look. And he was like, and then the next thing you know, he refinanced his. Um, it was really kind of funny some of the things that happened in the end because he was just used to my creativity um, and my outside the box thinking, and he didn't have that anymore when I wasn't there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so yeah, there's and there's lots of things you can do. Like you know, people think that credit cards are, you know, sometimes people think of them as debt debt. Uh, producing where you put something on a credit card, you don't pay it off every month. You know, then you've got this huge amount of interest, and the interest is is no joke on credit cards. Um, I mean, they run sometimes up 25%. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I like to tell people is that you can use your credit cards to make money for you instead of you making money or or going in debt with them. And so there's lots of credit cards that I like. I have like four different cards. And I use them for different things, specifically to maximize maximize my rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have one that I really love. It's a it's a Capital One Saver Card, and it is uh it's a it it produces like four percent cash back on dining wow. and restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> I and I like that to, one. <laughs> yeah, I like to go out and eat a lot and hang out and socialize, and so I use that pretty much for everything. Um, I have a Costco card and Costco is great for Costco itself, but it's also the best one that I've found for gas kickbacks, which we know how expensive gas Mm -hmm. is right now. It's just insane. Um, and then I have a travel one, which I'm currently playing with right now. I'm not sure if I'll keep it more than a year because the uh, annual fee is pretty steep, but I figure, well, if I get two or three free flights off that annual fee, then it's a balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have an Amazon card that obviously I used to, you know, use a lot for Amazon Mm -hmm. and get the Amazon points and stuff. So those are sort of my favorite credit cards, but all of my cards produce money or checks for me. Um, You know, they, they all pay out differently, you know, and I love the ones like the capital one, you can take the money, you can take the cash. Like if it's a hundred, some months I get a hundred and some dollars for the rewards. Um, Or you can just take that money and put it on your balance so that it's just like, it's just paying Mm-hmm. Pay, kind of paying yourself back. Um, another thing that I did um, that is maybe interesting for people to know is I had like a, a, I think I owed like six grand on my car. So I didn't save that much money on interest because my interest on my car was really low. So you got a balance between should you keep the cash in the bank or can you it wouldn't be okay to release it. Like, are you going to need it for something else? But I was, I was okay releasing it. So I paid my car off. And now what I do is I take my car payment and I pay myself back. That's so awesome. it saved me some interest rate money. And then I'm just banking that money so that when I do purchase a new car, I can use that money as the down payment in addition to either selling mine outright or trading it in. Um, So kind of different ways to think about, like, don't just pay your car off and then just, and then just, spend the payment you know mm-hmm. just pay it off and then put that payment that you're used to paying back in the bank so that it it's, it can act as a down payment for your next car
0: That's really smart. So as we wrap up here, I do I am curious what you would say. And I have an idea because I feel like you've probably already said it. And it was so good. I want to reiterate it here at the end. Uh But if you were speaking to somebody that is in your situation divorced after being married 20 years and kind of getting back out on their own and figuring things out for themselves, what would you tell them to kind of inspire and motivate them to just do it and and keep going?
1: I would say do not be afraid. Um, I feel like we're we're all afraid of different things like Mm -hmm. me living alone or me not being able to live the life that I wanted, um, you know, and uh, not having somebody to hang out with, um, not having someone come into the house. But I think that the only way through in my experience through fear is that the only way through it is to do it so if you sit back and say, I can't, I can't, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, you're just never going to get anywhere. You're always going to be afraid of that same thing. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, don't be afraid and get yourself, like get the help that you need. Like if you don't know how to run your bills, hire and get a financial coach to help you learn how to do that in the right way and let them teach you how. In the way that works for you, like the way that my husband did to the bills, I didn't understand that it was not going to work for me. So I had to find my own way to do things that worked for me. And sometimes it takes like the girl at work, told me, build a spreadsheet that i had never thought about, you know, it takes, it takes conversations and help from other people to, to get you the tools that you need to, um, to manage everything that you need. And I think too, at least like that spreadsheet, you know, I didn't have a financial coach at the time, but that spreadsheet was it was um, sort of, what would you say? Like um, I wouldn't say not empowerment, but uh, accountability. So that spreadsheet made me accountable because I could tell when I dropped low in money and I was like, only saved a couple hundred dollars last month. Like, what are you doing Tiff? you know? And like, where did I I waste money? Um, I think that if you find a tool, a person, whatever it is that holds you accountable and not go into like the shutdown mode that a lot of people do, um, where they don't communicate, they don't talk out loud about it. Um, they hide it. And then uh, then obviously just things compound, 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 because what they're currently doing isn't working and they're afraid or embarrassed to open up about it. So I think not being afraid to, to do whatever it is that you need to do to get yourself in a position, um, that you can be successful with your money on your own. And it's completely possible.
0: Uh yes thank you (laughs) that's perfect um so where can people uh connect with you or find more about you
1: so i'm just getting started in uh financial coaching personally after after kind of sitting around for two years going i should do that i should do that (laughs) and then just not and one day i was like why do i keep thinking about this and i'm not doing it like um so right now i just have my email address um it's tiffany uh l cantrell at gmail um so it's spelled t-i-f-f Y L for my middle name, Cantrell, C-A-N-T-R-E-L-L at Gmail. I'm also on Instagram and that one's a little more interesting. Let me pull that up really quickly. Um, I have it listed as financial underscore coaching underscore with underscore TLC. So basically financial coaching with TLC, which is my middle, my initials.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I will link to everything in the show notes as well. So you can uh, just swipe up and um, hit the links to connect with Tiffany um, after you listen to this show. So uh, I always ask people at the end, what is your favorite nonfiction book to kind of help inspire people and, you know, get them going and, you know, doing the things they know they need to do? (laughs) So I, I,
1: it's funny, I always read books for knowledge. And I like Pick books that someone's recommended or I see online that's like, oh, I'll try that one out. And usually when I keep a book around, it's a good amount of time. And I share a lot of the wisdom that I pull when I teach my yoga classes. Um, so this book that I have right now, and everybody always asks me when I use it, what is that book again? And it's funny sometimes they'll hear it four or five classes, and then they'll they'll be like, you keep reading from the same book. What is it? What is it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, so it's called the One Life That We're Given. One the One Life We're Given. It's by Mark Nepo. Um, it's it's kind of a series of little short excerpts that he has written Um, and he has multiple books out and I had, this is the only one that I've purchased from him that I've delved into. Um, But other people have told me that they have some other books by the same author that are really amazing. And a lot of it is just experiences and ways to look at things and like, you know, really thinking about your life here in the present moment and, you know, really tapping into like your magic and the reason that you're here um, and sharing your light with others. And that's just really, really empowering and good. And every single story, uh, I think speaks to me and other people in different ways. They're all kind of tailored, um, to growth and the way that you see things in this world.
0: Great. I'm gonna have to check that one out. I always love it when I hear something new that I haven't, heard, <laughs> that I haven't heard of, cause I hear a lot of the same books over and over. Uh, so I love it when I can, uh, you know, be a little selfish and asking the question and getting a new (laughs) book to check out. So I appreciate your time. This is wonderful. And I know that you are going to help inspire uh, some others with their finances. And uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thank you so much to Tiffany for sharing her story today. And I know inspiring some of you to Take the leap and get started on your finances, and you know, some inspiration and motivation from today's episode. And don't forget if you're ready to get started, go grab your free budget starter kit at slash start. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love it if you shared it with somebody that you know that can maybe take some inspiration from it as well. And you know, I'm always happy to see screenshots and tagging me on Instagram as well. So I know that you listened and that you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you guys next week.